Well, good morning. It's Monday, July 31st, uh, 31st, 2023. Monday, July 31st, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. And man, can I just say how much I appreciate you? Is that okay? I really do appreciate you for coming every day. Uh, if you can, bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, uh, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on the Twitter or on the X, whatever you want to call it. I, I notice when I reload the uh, Twitter page with the Twitter app, sometimes I use the Twitter app, sometimes I use a browser, but I, when I uh, reload it with the Twitter app, it still does that, that tweeting noise. So Elon Musk hasn't changed everything yet. So let's start as we usually do with the uh, war in Ukraine. Uh, Dmitry Wackadoodle Medvedev opened his mouth again. Current deputy chair of the Na uh, nation's uh, Security Council, uh, Wackadoodle Medvedev threatened to wage nuclear war if Ukraine's counteroffensive to repel Russian invaders and reclaim territories they occupy is successful. Medvedev wrote on Telegram, imagine if the offensive, which is backed by NATO, was a success and they tore off part of our land. It's not your land. It's never been your land. <laughs> then we would be forced to use a nuclear weapon according to the rules of decree from the president of Russia. He was referring to Putin's uh, decree number 305, signed in 2020. The doctrine authorizes use of nuclear weapons after aggression against the Russian Federation with conventional weapons when the very existence of the state is threatened. Medvedev added, there would simply be no other option, so our enemies should pray for our warriors. They are making sure that a global nuclear fire is not ignited. I, I say if Russia launches nukes, the first counterstrike would land in Medvedev's asshole, right up his ass. Russia conquered and unilaterally annexed regions of Ukraine, including Crimea in 2014 and uh, Donetsk, Kherson, uh, Luhansk, and Zaporizhia last September. They claim it as their own but they are slowly losing it. On Saturday, the Wall Street Journal reported that Saudi Arabia would invite Western states, Ukraine, and major developing countries to the plan talks about the war in Ukraine. Uh, the report said Kiev and Western countries hope the talks, which exclude Russia, could lead to international backing for peace terms favoring Ukraine. Mexican, I, 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 after all, the... the um, Invading country shouldn't be involved in this part. Not in this part. Maybe later, but not right now. But not according to Mexico. Mexican President uh, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador uh, calls for an end to the irrational war in Ukraine and urges upcoming peace talks to include Russia. Lopez Obrador said Mexico would only take part in the talks in Saudi Arabia if both sides were present. Screw off, Obrador. Um, the president told reporters if there uh, um, if there's acceptance from both Ukraine and Russia to look for solutions to achieve peace, we'll participate. 
The, the problem is, is, is Ukraine has said, no, we, we cannot ha- hold talks with Putin because he's a war criminal. So they, they can't, they, they, that would go against their word. They can hold peace talks and discuss it with the rest of the world as long as Putin is not there. We, he said, we don't want the Russia-Ukraine war to continue. It's very irrational. Lope, uh, Lopez Obrador added, adding uh, uh, that the conflict has caused massive human suffering. The only thing that benefits from it is the war industry, which, of course, is true. But then again, Russia maybe shouldn't have invaded Ukraine. Uh, and they shouldn't have done it in 2014. Uh, they shouldn't have done it in 2000, what was it, 2002? When did they do it? They, they've invaded so many countries in the last few decades, it's crazy. Where was I? Here we go. Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuliba has said, after talks with his Croatian counterpart, Ukraine and Croatia have agreed on the possibility of using Croatian ports on the Danube and the Adriatic Sea for the export uh, of Ukrainian grain. Uh, Kuliba said the, uh, after the meeting uh, with uh, Gerlich Radbin in Kiev, uh, now we will work to establish the most efficient routes to these ports and make the most of this opportunity. Every contribution to unblocking export, every door opened, is a real effective contribution to the world's food security. Yes, but getting it there is the problem. Croatia is just east of Italy. Over What is that? It's part of the Mediterranean, sort of. It's, is that the Adriatic Sea, I think? I think that's the Adriatic Sea, right? Uh, us Americans, we're stupid when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, geography and oceans. But I think it's the Adriatic. Uh, Zelensky said in a televised address Ukraine is getting stronger he added gradually the war is returning to the territory of Russia to its symbolic centers and military bases and this is an inevitable natural and absolutely fair process he was of course talking about the uh, recent attack in Moscow over the weekend a spokesperson for Ukraine's Air Force said the drones were intended to impact Russians who felt Putin's invasion was distant. Yuri Ilnat said, There's always something flying in Russia as well as in Moscow. Now the war is affecting those who were not concerned. Russian officials said there were no injuries in uh, the early Sunday attacks, but two drones caused minor damage to office buildings. They said a third was shot down in the air. Russia on Sunday said it had downed Ukrainian drones targeting Moscow and that the Crimean, Crimea Pen, Peninsula in attacks that damaged the office towers in the capital briefly shut down an international airport. The Russian defense ministry said one drone uh, targeting uh, Moscow was shot down on the city's outskirts and two others were suppressed by electronic warfare and smashed into the uh, that office complex we talked about, adding that there were no injuries. <clears throat> Ukraine says it carried out successful offenses against Russia in the southern Zaporizhia region over the past week. Ukrainian uh, Deputy Defense Minister Hannah Myler said on Telegram, in the south, the defense forces of Ukraine continue to conduct an offensive operation in the Melitopol, or Melitopol and Berdyansk directions in the direction of Mala Tokmachka Robotine of the Zaporizhia region. They were successful. 
Uh, Mylar claimed the Ukrainian forces have retaken control, control of a total of 204 square kilometers, which is like 80 square miles uh, of land in the south, including uh, 12 square uh, kilometers uh, under five mile, square miles over the last week. And, and, and really, here it is. As I said, they are likely trying to recapture uh, Melitopol or Melitopol, Melitopol, and grab everything to the south, to the uh, Morochnya uh, estuary, or, or Lyman. They, uh, in Russian, it's Lyman, uh, L-Y-M-A-N, but it's an estuary. Uh, that's that estuary I've been talking about that, that goes north from the Sea of Azov. Once the land is taken all the way to the estuary, it will be nearly impossible for Russia to be connected to Crimea, except by sea and by the uh, the bridge, uh, 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 the Kerch Strait Bridge. And that's what they want to do. And, and the Kerch Strait Bridge is not long to live. It's, it's going to be taken out again. The governor of Russia's Bryansk region says Ukrainian drone hit a police station overnight, but there were no casualties. Alexander Bogomaz said on Telegram, Ukrainian forces attacked the district of Trubjevsky at night. A drone hit the police station in this district. No victims, but the windows and roof were damaged. The Russian-installed head of the Donetsk region, Denis Pushlin, said... This morning, the AFU, the, which is the Armed Forces of Ukraine, shelled the center of Donetsk. Hits were recorded in the Voroshilovsky and Kuibyshev regions as a result of the shelling. A passenger bus was destroyed. According to preliminary data, two people were killed and six injured. The injured are receiving medical assistance. In addition, VFU attacked a water utility in Yasinovataya with the help of a drone. The infrastructure of the enterprise is damaged. Uh, the governor, governor of Russia's Belgorod region has said that uh, over the past 24 hours, Ukraine has fired at settlements multiple times. Governor Vyacheslav Gladkov wrote on Telegram that in the Belgorod region, 12 artillery shells were fired at the village of Shetyanovka in the village, uh, in the village of Zuravievka. Uh, Nine grenades were dropped from UAVs. In the uh, Boris, uh, uh, Borisovsky district, the outskirts of the villages of Bogon Gorodok and the Lozovaya Rutka came under mortar fire. Nine and seven arrivals were recorded respectively, uh, arrivals as in hits. There were no uh, consequences. In other words, nobody died. According to Ukrainian officials, five people so far were uh, killed, including a 10-year-old girl and her mother in a Russian attack in Kriviri. Uh, that's uh, uh, President Vladimir Zelensky's uh, hometown. About 70,000 people, something like that. Um, Ukrainian Interior Minister Ior Klimenko said two are dead and around five to seven people are under the rubble. He added that 25 people have been wounding, wounded, included four children. That has now be, been raised to 53, uh, five uh, dead, yeah, five dead, 53 wounded. The Interior Ministry, and it, it's probably going to go up. The Interior Ministry said one a uh, missile struck a nine-story residential building and another struck a four-story building that was part of an educational institution. Zelensky wrote, 
I guess on Telegram. Regions of Ukraine are being shut. Could be on Twitter. Uh, regions of Ukraine are being shelled by the occupiers who continue to terrorize peaceful cities and people. Krivia Re, Kherson. Uh, residential buildings, a university building, a crossroads were hit. Unfortunately, there are dead and wounded. Uh, there may be uh, more people under the rubble. My condolences to all those who have lost their loved ones because of Russian terror. Separately, regional governor Alexander Prokudin said on Telegram in the city of Kherson, one person was killed early on Monday and two more were wounded. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Uh, U.S. officials have found across several military systems Chinese malware that seems to be embedded to stop systems from working. Uh, not to spy, but to actually stop them from working. In May, Microsoft identified the malicious code in telecommunication software in Guam, where the U.S. houses the Anderson Air Force Base. Investigations into Chinese malware have been underway for several months prior in that the malicious code has infiltrated U.S. military systems across the country and abroad. Deputy Director of National Security Agency George Barnes said at the Intelligence and National Security Summit earlier this month, China is steadfast and determined to penetrate our governments, our companies, our critical infrastructure. Last month, Rob Joyce, the Director of Cybersecurity at the National Security Agency, called the nature of this malware really disturbing. According to the Times, it could allow China to cut off power, water, uh, and communications to military bases, and it could also potentially impact personal homes and businesses across the country. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken apparently raised the issue of Chinese hacking while meeting with Chinese diplomats earlier in July. A senior State Department official said, we have consistently made clear that any action that targets U.S. governments, U.S. companies, American citizens is a deep concern to us and that we will take appropriate actions to hold those responsible, accountable, and the secretary uh, made that clear again. Uh, let me make a minor adjustment to my phone so we don't get uh, bothered. Don't mind me. Continue listening to me saying nothing. Okay. Uh, so do you think Trump, do you think, what's going on here? Okay. Do you think Trump is paying for his legal fees? Do you? Of course not. He never pays for anything. That's, that's business. You get somebody else to pay for it. Or you take people to court and uh, uh, bankrupt them in court trying to collect fees. That's what Trump does. Uh, Trump's political action committee, Save America, has spent more than $40 million on legal fees since the start of the year. What happened to that meme where Republicans didn't like paying lawyers for stuff? Well, I guess they still don't like it. Uh, the PAC, which raises most of its funds through small dollar donations from Trump supporters, is expected to report to the Federal Elections Commission today that it spent $40.2 million on legal costs in the first half of the year, more than double the amount the group spent on legal fees in all of 2022. So if you are a Trump supporter and you sent $5, $10, and you said, oh, let's get Trump elected, you're paying his legal fees, you idiot. 
but that's who you are. Um, the political action committee must file its disclosure report covering the first six months of the year by the end of the day. Today, uh, Trump's uh, team argues that the considerable amount of money being spent on defending the former president and members of uh, his inner circle is necessary. Still not sure how that can be considered a campaign cost. Seriously, right? Uh, Trump campaign spokes, uh, spokesman Stephen Chung said... In order to combat these heinous actions by Joe Biden's cronies and to protect these innocent people from financial ruin and prevent their lives from being completely destroyed, the leadership pack contributed to their legal fees to ensure they have representation against unlawful harassment. Man, I can't wait till that piece of crap is in, is in prison. Uh, that's going to be nice. Uh, speaking of which, uh, uh, going off the rail here a little bit, well, not off the rail, just off off, off subject. Um, like in the next week or two, there's going to be more indictments. And Georgia is probably going to be within two weeks. Unless it gets delayed again. That That should be pretty soon. We look forward to it. These are more criminal actions and more court cases that you, who are sending that 5 or $10 to Donald Trump, that you are paying for, and he appreciates it very much. He appreciates that he can be a criminal and get somebody else to pay to bail him out. Because you're too stupid to realize it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, as crazy as the Republican field uh, for president is, there have been some sane remarks, not many, I, mostly from Chris Christie, who has been an outspoken uh, uh, has has been outspoken against Trump. This weekend on Face the Nation, there was another unexpected voice, uh, former uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson, a right wing sociopath, uh, who is also running for president, talked about the possibility of pardons for Trump. When asked, "Do you think he should be pardoned for the good of the country?" as Ambassador Haley suggested, Nikki Haley, that nutball. Hutchinson said, no, first of all, that should not be any discussion during a presidential campaign. You don't put pardons out there to garner votes. That is premature. I think that anybody who promises pardons during the presidential campaign is not serving our system of justice well, and it's inappropriate. Technically, he did not say he would not pardon him. He just said yeah, you shouldn't be discussing it while running for office. And baby steps, right? Uh, Nikki Haley, who served as ambassador to the UN uh, in the uh, Trump administration, has previ previously said she would be inclined to pardon Trump. She, she suggested <clears throat> on Face of the Nation on, on Sunday that a pardon would be in the best interest of the country. And, and you know what? I am so sick and tired of hearing that. That's what Ford said when he pardoned Nixon. Oh, man, am I sick of it. The best interest of the country would be holding all politicians accountable for crime so they don't think that they can get away with it. That's the best thing to do. That's the best thing for our country. Moving on to Arkansas. Drove through it. I've driven through it a couple times. Uh, this, uh, this weekend in Arkansas, in, in uh, a Saturday decision, U.S. District Judge Timothy Brooks issued a preliminary injunction against two sections of Act 372, also known as uh, Senate Bill 81, a censorship bill introduced by Arkansas State uh, Senator Dan Sullivan. 
uh, Republican, of course, uh, passed by the Republican-controlled state legislature and signed into law by GOP Republican Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders in March. This law uh, would have gone into effect tomorrow and would have made it a Class A misdemeanor, punishable by up to a year in prison to provide to a minor material Quote, that to the average person applying contemporary community standards, the dominant theme of the material taken as a whole appeals to prurient interests. Which could be the Bible, right? Uh, and, and the law seems to be extremely vague that it could be applying to anything. The law would also uh, allow parents and legal guardians to access minors' library records. Can you imagine such a dystopian future where your reading records were saved? Uh, Hard to imagine, at least here in Los Angeles, they purge records overnight, every night, including the uh, uh, computers that people use in the library. Brooks' temporary injunction. Uh, against Act 372 applies to Section 3, which criminalizes librarians and booksellers for providing access to materials deemed harmful to minors. And Section 5, which requires libraries to establish material review processes and empowers courts to compel libraries to remove materials that may be protected by the First Amendment. Brooks wrote in his 49-page ruling, if merely having a book accessible on the shelf where a minor can reach it will potentially subject librarians and booksellers to criminal penalties. Such books may simply be removed. As a result, these patrons claim their First Amendment's uh, right to access non-obscene, i.e. constitutionally protected uh, reading material, will be dramatically curtailed. And, And all of this, by the way, is Politics 101. You make an enemy. You have to make an enemy. Uh, in this case, it's books, and rally your base against the enemy uh, to to look in that direction while you're riot, robbing people blind of their rights. And if they are looking elsewhere, it will also draw attention away from anything else you are doing as a politician. You don't want them keeping a close eye on you, so you make enemies, you create enemies, uh, 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 blacks, um, uh, immigrants. Um, um, Ukrainians. Um, I don't know. You, you, they, they make so many enemies because they want to detract away from what they're doing. Uh, moving on. Even though you can buy marijuana in multiple states, uh, uh, you know, for, for um, uh, medicinal use or for recreational use, uh, and state-level nonviolent prisoners of marijuana offensive have been forgiven in many states. Marijuana has still not been decriminalized at the federal level. This is all a different story that really must be addressed, decriminalization. Uh, this story, though, is something different. Purchasing marijuana legally is getting more difficult. Remember that old MasterCard versus American Express commercial that says you had better bring your MasterCard because such and such does not take American Express. Well, in this case, if you're going to buy marijuana legally, and this is a completely legal purchase, you better leave your MasterCard behind. The company announced this week 
that it has instructed U.S. financial institutions to stop allowing customers to use its debit cards to purchase marijuana products at cannabis stores, which now operate legally in 38 states for medicinal use and 23 states plus D.C. for recreational use. And by the way, I, I let me just throw this out here, out there. Your MasterCard debit card, okay? There's two uses. If you use it as a MasterCard debit card, that means you, you usually sign for it or something like that. But if you choose to use it as a debit card only, a U.S. debit card, then you put in your PIN, right? There's the difference, right? Then the difference is, and I always make sure to use it as a debit card, not as a MasterCard debit card, because MasterCard gets paid that money, extra money if you use it as a MasterCard debit card. So I make sure to pay as a debit card only, right? Makes sense, right? Why should MasterCard get money that should be going to the vendor that I'm purchasing from, okay? So you shouldn't be using it that way anyway, okay? They, they, just me going off the rails there, but but you should be careful how you purchase things. Anyway, uh, MasterCard said it made the decision because marijuana remains criminalized at the federal level. Annual national sales are projected to reach $57 billion by 2030. I would expect MasterCard to go down a little bit in the market after such an announcement. It's down a little, but still up for the year. Uh, the around quarter billion they could make isn't enough to bother them because this would be new market gains anyway, and a quarter billion compared to the trillions they make is nothing. Politically, this does show something needs to be done on the federal level. Senator Jeff Merkley, Democrat from Oregon, said MasterCard's move demonstrates the need for the Secure and Fair Enforcement uh, Banking Act and you know how I love, you know how I love a good acronym, a secure and, uh, and uh, uh, what is it called again? Uh, secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, which is Safe Banking Act, which would protect banks and credit unions for being, uh, from being uh, penalized by federal regulators for working with legal cannabis stores. The problem is... The Safe Banking Act, though I, I, I do want it to pass, the Safe Banking Act still won't decriminalize marijuana use at the federal level, which is ridiculous. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. Uh, anyway, I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, thanks for coming again. That's it. Like I said, thanks for listening. Monday, July 31st, 2023. Monday, July 31st, 2023. Man, do I appreciate you so much. I really do. Uh, bring someone with you uh, today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me. Questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on the Twitter or X. Or Do you, do you still tweet? Do people still, still tweet to each other or is it called something else? I'm not sure. Tweet to me and let me know. Uh, and remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from 
Los Angeles.